My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Um, As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on the programme today by Fiona Bradley, founder of Sage Qualifications, an accredited qualifications provider established back in 2008. Um, Fiona, a very warm welcome to yourself this morning, and by all means, thank you for joining us on the programme. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, likewise, and an absolute pleasure having you with us as well, Fiona. So um, you founded your business in uh, 2008, and uh, your background is sort of in very much in a different industry in retail floristry before that. So I kind of wanted to get an idea of what the origin story behind your business was first and foremost, just for those that may not be familiar with you. So what kind of prompted that change of focus and what sort of motivated you to go into business for yourself? When did it become obvious that it was going to be the pathway for you? Oh, well, a, a long time ago, um, I did run um, a, some retail variety shops with my husband. Sadly, um, that relationship didn't last, um, uh, but we were partners in the business. And when he, when the marriage broke down, um, obviously, he took the business on and ran it by himself. So I needed to find something else to do. And at the time, I had two small children and became a single parent. So... It seemed to me that the easiest thing to do, as I'd learned the skills or some skills of keeping books whilst running the retail forestry business, um, was to was to take in books a little bit like you might take in washing, I suppose. So I could do bookkeeping from home and look after my two children, one of which was preschool age. So it, so it fitted well because I could work in the evenings. Um, but having no formal qualifications in the, the area, I'd previously trained as a cookery teacher, so all of my skills were completely in the wrong direction. Um, I went back to college. I did an A-level in accountancy, first of all, to enable me to have a, some skills in bookkeeping and a pathway to going on to um, further education. I did a, um, a, 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 I did a first degree and then I did a master's degree in business policy. And I did all that in the evening. And whilst it was hard work and there were many times where I thought I was going to give up, all of those were really important to get me on the career ladder in the way that I wanted to go, in the direction that I wanted to go, so that um, organisations such as at the time it was Business Link um, and the small firm service would, would, would see the credibility in what I could do. Um, so really, I then became their advisor on computerised accounting because I'd learnt computerised accounting skills in operating the bookkeeping business. And I enjoyed it. I got an aptitude for it. I was curious about it. And so um, that was really what drove me to take it forward. So very much not my chosen career path when I was at school, but I think life moves you in different directions and Sometimes you just have to take the ball by the top horns and uh, and run with it. And and I absolutely thoroughly enjoy what I do, even though it wasn't something that I set out to do in the beginning. 
Yeah, absolutely right. It is strange, isn't it, what life can throw at you sometimes. And it seems that you're very much sort of of the uh, the self-made success stop there. You know, you've kind of gone to night school while trying to build the business up. You've done it all from scratch yourself. Um, and obviously when you sort of talk about those times where it was sort of really difficult and, you know, it was trying to keep yourself motivated, what was it that kind of inspired you in those early moments to kind of keep going and keep building this business? Uh, to be absolutely frank, I needed some money. <laughs> I needed to create um, an income stream for my children. I, um, I I very much didn't want them to be, you know, sort of labelled as, oh, dear me, poor single parent children. You know, mum's not got much money that, you know, they're struggling. I think it was a reaction to that. I think I had a point to prove, if I'm absolutely honest. And so, therefore, I, you know, absolutely persevered. But it also suited me because it meant that I could look after them um, I could take them to school, bring them back. I could, I took my laptop to the swimming pool and, you know, looked after them. I, so I could give them fun times, but, but at the same time working. So it, it really, it suited our way of life. Um, I was never without a laptop. It became a bit of a running joke, to be honest. Fiona, Fiona, mm. Fiona would be sitting in bed with the laptop. In fact, my daughter, who was four-year-old at the time, went to stay with some children with some of the children she, she uh, overnight she came back the next morning and she said mommy it's really strange um when samantha's mommy and daddy wake up in the morning they sit up in bed with a cup of tea they don't sit up in bed with a laptop like you do and i thought that's sort of you know that's because her view of life with mommy had always got a laptop mm. but i could pick it up and put it down so you know i was around for the children so that was the motivation when i said we've had some fantastic times with the laptop yeah and i suppose that actually is something that we can all sort of relate to to an extent particularly over the last couple of years isn't it getting up out of bed and having a laptop yeah. on our um, yeah, laps have, and have uh, laptop will move yeah yeah absolutely I down if i needed to pick it up again but then what so what in answer to what what made me create the business was that i suddenly realized as a business advisor that there were no formal qualifications in the use of accounting software, not Sage particularly, which was the market leader at the time and still remains that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so very much like you know it, it, your ability to drive a car, um, you have to prove that you've got the skills to drive it. And yet people were using this software, sometimes putting rubbish in and putting, getting rubbish out and even worse, believing it. And I strongly felt that there ought to be a measure, um, an accredited leveled measure of a person's ability to drive this software. So I approached um, awarding bodies and SAGE to, um, to to really challenge them to say, you know, you need to to lobby them really, I suppose, to make some accredited qualifications that, that I as a business advisor could use. Um, and in actual fact, nobody sort of really wanted to to do that there wasn't an appetite to make the qualifications and so I didn't want to do this but I ended up uh, learning how to create qualifications and um, really mapping the national occupational standards to SAGE and creating them myself and then going back to SAGE and the awarding bodies and saying well actually you know here's a ready-made solution let's market test it Um, and the rest is history really because we market tested it and it was there was a proven demand and need for it and they they went on to the um the, the framework so that they could get funding a regulated qualification framework so they could attract funding and uh, we took off from there uh, and then yeah. really the pandemic really drove the business forward mm. sadly i wouldn't have liked this to be the case but because 
things um, went, you know, were driven very much online, um, we have to be very adaptive and innovate what we did and make it fully online. And so that really drove everything forward. We um, applied for a grant from Innovate UK who saw uh, you know, there was a, a reason for what we were doing and they could see mm. the rationale behind it and we were lucky enough to gain the funding to create the marketing systems that we've got running on the portal at the moment. Yeah, and that's given rise to a huge amount of success within the business, hasn't it? You mentioned already the rest is history and you've been on quite some journey, you know, since the business sort of took off, since you've been that trailblazer in that side of the sector and um, Automarker, that innovation that you developed in conjunction with Innovate UK. Um, that's been sort of a real game changer, hasn't it, in uh, recent months? Definitely. If I look back, when we started these qualifications, we produced books. Um, would you believe we printed them on a printer and used to comb bind them? Um, and um, and then we used to deliver paper qualifications that were hand-marked. Uh, and now everything's on a portal. We've got tens of thousands of learners on the portal. Um, nothing is printed. Everything is either e-book, video. Um, and the big thing that we developed within the UK is the auto-marker. So that looks into the learner software and it marks it or almost as they go along. If a transaction is green, if it's correct, it's red, if it's not correct, then it'll give them the right answer. It'll change the, it'll show them what the right answer should be so they can go back and correct that transaction. And um, it's blue if it doesn't matter because in accounting software, there are occasional things that just don't matter. Like you would not expect to see a journal debit and a journal credit, so that would be blue. Um, and that's definitely, I mean, it's um, changed things in many ways because it's, it's not only made it easier for the learners, but it also means that security is um, uh, and preventing collaboration is it has massively improved because it's almost impossible to cheat the system because you know you're not printing reports off uh, and handing them about. There's no possibility of swapping reports over. We are marking exactly what you're doing in the software a little bit like the driving test. Your skills are being tested, mm. um, and that's proved very very popular Indeed. And, and definitely changed what we do and um the interest from the awarding body so uh, and we've you know we've localized it now so we we can localize the automarker and we've um we now operate in ireland and we're looking to operate in canada um, and the usa so, mm. so, it's, so uh, really exciting it's times been, you know it's been a journey it's funny how you know one thing leads to another it is, isn't it? It seems like it's incredibly exciting times for certainly the business with the automarker innovation. And um, I suppose as well, there's some real congratulations in order on that front as well, because this innovation, it hasn't gone unnoticed by a wider industry. And it's in fact led to yourselves being awarded the Innovation in Education winner at this year's International Association of Bookkeepers Awards. So I can imagine that that must have been an incredibly proud moment for you, having you know started this business from scratch, built this innovation, got and got the funding for it, and now it's turning out to be that resounding success. And people are really you know sitting up and taking note of that. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's a you know it's a, a little bit of a humbling experience, really, as well. You know, the, the, the squirrel part of me just sort of thinks I don't particularly deserve it because I'm just doing something that I, that I really enjoy and that I love. But I think that if you're faced with a problem, you know, the key to it all is not to sort of think, oh no, that's an insolvable problem. I, I can't. You very much can if you sort of look around the problem and and find a different way forward. So. 
So, you know, it, the award was, was really welcome. It, um, it's a massive accolade. Obviously, we're incredibly proud to receive it. But it's not just down to me. You know, there's mm. a team of the ambassadors as well that, that work on all this. So, so I was quite pleased to drag them along with me and say, you know, that we've all done this because I couldn't do it without them. So, um, but it, but it's fantastic. It was the first time we and we had an award for our, our innovative software, and and we were we we're very very proud of it. Thank you. Yeah, and hopefully it won't be the last as well. And I'm really taken aback by that humility you display there as well, Fiona. You know, that, the fact that it's a team effort and sort of uh, you're really humble in the face of that success and just, you know, doing something that you enjoy. I think we can all really take um, an awful amount from that. And um, just going into kind of like the um, sort of that team mentality within the business. I mean, it's like, what would you say kind of the uh, the culture within Sage Qualifications is really built on to kind of pave the way for that success? Um, I'd say with a big notice on the wall that says work hard and be nice to people. Uh, and you'd be amazed, actually, at how that um, is is really, really important. Um, it's easy to get across when things go wrong, but sometimes, you know, you have to look behind that and why things go wrong. And so our first course of call is always, you know, A, we, we must do a really good job, and B, you know, we must be really pleasant to people so uh, I would say you know our, our motto is always being you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar but but you don't get anywhere without hard work that's mm. for sure no. um <laughs> one university wouldn't send me an email at um I don't know it's something ridiculous like five it was a lecturer in the university sent me in a ridiculous like five o'clock in the morning um, and he said I wanted to see whether you'd reply and whether the clock on your computer computer's right because he said you you send emails at all time of the day and night, and I just wondered whether there was a problem with the clock on your computer. He said, but there isn't, is there? Because you've just replied, and it's got the right time on it. So, so um, I, I do work very hard, but work's only work when you don't like what you're doing, and I mm. absolutely love what I'm doing. So, it's not a problem. Yeah, which is um, absolutely fantastic. And I suppose as well, when you talk about kind of um, responding when things go wrong in a positive manner, I guess it's that kind of win or learn mentality, isn't it? Where you do have a setback, you don't view that as terminal, you use it as a learning experience and use it to better yourselves, you use it to improve and that kind of paves the way for even more success in the future. Definitely, definitely. When when my marriage broke down, I have to say, my first my first thought was, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown because I sort of feel like I deserved one. I've been left with, with two children, um, no, no money, um, a house that I definitely couldn't afford. And I sort of thought, right, I'm going to, if I have a nervous breakdown, then somebody else will come along and take over. Um, but do you know what? They don't happen to order nervous breakdowns do. And so as hard as you try, <laughs> I couldn't have one. So I thought the next morning, I thought, okay, I'll have to sort this out then. And yeah, and that that's the reality, isn't it, really? You know, you have to own the problems and you you have to take them forward uh, in a positive fashion. Mm, you certainly do. And uh, just obviously, just looking back to kind of how you built the uh, the business and um, everything you had to do back then, sort of compared to now that you're running a business that is successful, um, what's the difference when it comes to managing your own personal time? Are you finding it's a little bit easier than it was back then or is it still just as much um, all hands to the pump? No, no, I would say it's a different set of problems. Mm. I I now do no course creation or create any tests or anything like that, which I used to do. Um, it's it's just it's managing, you know, people and um, 
uh, and making sure the project's running in the right direction. So it's it's completely changed. I spend a lot of time with in meetings or with people rather than doing any of the the groundwork now. So and in some ways I'm a little bit sad about that because I do enjoy it, but 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 on the other hand, you know, over time I've I've built built up a bank of knowledge, and um, that knowledge is obviously quite very crucial. Absolutely, and um, it's a, it's kind of a natural progression within leadership, isn't it? I suppose when you've built a business from the ground up, you some you kind of have to let go eventually of the day to day running and move into that more strategic role. And I think delegating that sort of groundwork responsibility, but particularly for young business leaders, that can be one of the hardest things to do, can't it? Oh, very hard. Yeah, I mean, you know. I had to stop look, picking things up, looking at them, and correcting them. To be honest, because you know you, you can you can always do it better yourself, can't you? Or you no no I correct that you can't do it better yourself. You think you can do it better yourself. So it's, it's so so I don't now. You do give somebody a job, might times over it, and other people are checking it anyway. So so uh, it, you'd have definitely have to let go and let people own their own areas of responsibility, not not interfere. Because it's not very, um, not very good for them either. If you're constantly breathing over the shoulders, checking up on what they're doing, so you have to yeah. let them make their own make their own decisions. Give them the space to obviously make their own decisions, get their own things right, but also get them wrong and learn from their mistakes as and when they make them as well. Give them that sort of room to grow, as it were, isn't it? Absolutely. Definitely, yes. It's the only way forward, yeah. Mm, exactly so. And uh, just because we did mention kind of young business leaders and how it is difficult sometimes, you know, initially delegating that responsibility, just because, you know, a lot of people of that stock tend to be viewers of this uh, podcast, Fiona, um, I do want to ask you something sort of from your experience, you know, building a business from scratch that's now an award-winning business, but also guiding it through, you know, a time as difficult as COVID. Um, if you, based upon your experience, could give like a major piece of advice to somebody who is just starting out to get them on the road of su- to success. Um, what sort of advice would you give them to really help them in that regard? Um, I'd, I'd probably go back to, you know, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. It definitely it helps, you know, if your first chance is, is to be understanding and to be nice to people, to be honest. I, I think that that's been our motto all the way. But you don't get anywhere without without absolute hard work and because you don't want it to be work you have got to do something that you enjoy so don't start a business in something that where your heart and soul and mind isn't into it because if you can't pick it up in the evening and and see it as something that you that's a pleasure that you that you that you really enjoy doing and it's a chore you're not going to keep it up it might be like going to the gym if you don't enjoy going to the gym you won't keep it up so choose something that really sparks your interest Mm, something that inspires you and obviously get to know your business and want to grow it exactly right isn't it De- definitely i mean i wouldn't like to say to be honest it's a set of wanting to grow it I, m- m- growing a business and making piles of money wasn't actually the key driver the key driver was there needs to be a leveled set of qualifications mm. in this industry because because to me small businesses um and particularly business owners were disservice without it because they didn't have a measure of a person's ability to drive the software and therefore they were taking people on who frankly couldn't drive the software sometimes and made a mess of the account. So that was the key driver. And and I think many people will say this, the money is actually sort of a consequence of that. 
and it's brilliant and it's enabled this government to better lifestyle and it's wonderful and I don't you know I'm not um I'm not doing it down in any way, but I don't think that, that anybody should go into business thinking, I want to make a lot of money. You need to go into business thinking, I want to do this because I can see a reason to do it and because I enjoy doing it. It's the want to, not just, of course, enjoy yourself and follow a passion, but to make a difference, I guess, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Without a shadow of doubt. That's made made an enormous difference to... Uh, our lives um, definitely we do quite a lot of work in prisons and the letters that we get from prisoners about how it's enabled them to have confidence they might have gone into prison with no formal qualifications they definitely didn't think they could do anything with numbers and then they come out being able to drive effectively a piece of software um, their self-esteem you know has gone through the roof and we've had lots of letters from prisons where it's that's fundamentally changed their life that's worth loads more than money to be honest Mm. It's worth the way so that much makes more. you feel is just mm. brilliant. Absolutely, it is so much more, and um, it's fantastic, of course, the work that Sage Qualifications is doing, and it's amazing, of course, who said already that that work is starting to be really recognised as well. And um, building on that success, um, just before we wrap things up on the programme today, Fiona, um, I can imagine that, you know, there's a lot planned for the future to kind of keep the business on that course of really changing uh, the face of the industry, making a positive difference. So for, say, this sort of next 12 months with this sort of award under your belt now, um, what's next for you in the business? What would you really sort of like to have achieved by this time next year? Um, well, we're, we're definitely growing in new markets, new markets with awarding bodies, but also new markets with regard to other countries. Um, and so, it, you know, it would be nice to internationalise the auto market, because actually the auto market isn't, it isn't really bothered whether it's pounds or pence. It's looking to mark numbers. And so it can easily mark uh, dollars and cents or, or anything. Um, so it would be nice to make use of it and to expand its use into other countries. Because we're using cloud software like Sage Business Cloud, which is a a fully international global product, then then that's quite easy to do. So um, we're hoping to make contact with with universities, colleges (coughs) in other countries, mindful of the fact that the education system obviously will vary from country to country and the way they do things and the levelling um, and certainly the funding is definitely very different. Mm. And I suppose this is where agility again comes into play, isn't it? And you've certainly shown plenty of that in the past, and I'm sure that's going to be the case in future as well, as you know, you go on this exciting sort of new course that's been charted out ahead of you. Yes, I mean, you know, because it's an online portal, then it doesn't really matter even what time of day it is, so we can deal with time differences, time differences in other countries. And in fact, we have delivered assessments in different parts of the world and somebody's been detailed to get up at silly o'clock in the morning to to, um, to make sure that everything's running okay. Because mm. during the pandemic, we put in remote invigilation into the port as well so that we could invigilate there, uh, which we still do some of, but not so much now that people can go back into the, um, into the, into the place of study. So, um, mm. you know, you definitely need an ability to be, to be agile and to see where there's a problem, there's also an opportunity. 
exactly right. And something I was going to say as well, um, obviously, when from right from the beginning of the business, I mean, you've been used to being up all hours doing what needs to be done as well. So I suppose nothing is going to be a deterrent here, is it? It's uh, very much going to be a case of what needs to be done is going to get done. The determination is there. And, you know, if it does take a little, uh, couple of hour, extra hours at night time, that's not going to be a barrier. It's um, always all hands to the pump um, on the road success. Yes, that's right. Yes, I don't watch much television, so don't ask me about EastEnders or Coronation Street because I, I know nothing. There's sort of sometimes the television's on in the background, but it's uh, quite often my husband will say, I've always got a blue glow on my face. A, blo- a blue glow on my face mm. from the laptop. <laughs> that, I totally so I understand. It, so yeah, I'm not, I, I don't class myself as a workaholic, actually. I mean, you might, this might come across if I am a workaholic, but, it, but um, I don't class myself as that because. I enjoy what I do, and if you know, and I will put it down. If there's something else happening, or I'm needed somewhere else, then I'll just put it down. Absolutely right, because I suppose you've got to make yourself accessible, haven't you, in that leadership role? So that's certainly important as well. And um, like I say, as as long as that time is divided up very well, then it's always going to sort of work out for the best, isn't it? And uh, it's fantastic, just sort of um, your story, Fiona, because it shows what can be truly achieved, you know, with that real hard work, that determination, that passion for what you're doing. And I must say, um, a huge congratulations uh, from all of us here at the Leaders' Council again for the recent award win from the IAB. I mean, it's a real vindication of everything that you've been doing. And um, I'm sure the future is going to be very, very bright as well. And in fact, as we start to kind of see sort of how this exciting new journey is starting to pan out, um, I'd even relish the opportunity to have you back on the show with us and just kind of catch up on how things are going, yeah. Do you know what? That's an accolade in itself, isn't it? Thank you for having an honour. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, that's great. Yes, it will be. It will be. It will be my pleasure to do that. It's, that likewise, it, it's nice to talk to you. It's nice to talk about about where we've been, um, you know, and how we got there. Um, so it's lovely. Thank you. It's been fantastic having you as well, Fiona, and um, a real, real pleasure. And um, I hope, of course, everybody tuning into the podcast shares that sentiment and that you have enjoyed hearing from Fiona Bradley, founder of Sage Qualifications today and her business story. And uh, for anybody tuning in, um, if you do run your own organisation or a business of your own, which you feel has its own story to come and share with us, then by all means, we at the Leaders' Council also want to hear from you. So why not also apply to be on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply to come and share your story with us. Uh, For now, you have been tuning in to the Leaders' Council podcast with your host, Scott Challoner and Sage Qualifications, Fiona Bradley today. Please do take care and goodbye.